Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today we have two dope guests. First up, May Lee of Uncle Nearest Whiskey and Camellia of Ebony Wine and Spirits. Yay! Everybody drink rose. Rose. So we sip rose. We gonna sip rose. Rose. Sip rose. Baby girl, she don't play. So we sipping rose. We're gonna sip rose. That rose hour, baby. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And I'm here with Bartender Ben. Yes, yes, yes. What's going on? Well, well, I, I'm fantastic because today is the last day of Women's History Month. And it's exciting because we had 31 days of amazing women's history. Yes. What is your amazing women in history. Yes. Who is your favorite woman in history? Favorite woman in history other than my mama. Harriet Tubman. That's a good one. She she did a lot for a lot of people. She's yes. a heroine. She is heroic. She is iconic. She is everything. Yeah. Just the, the, sheer, the sheer bravery alone that she, you know, because most people would have said, all right, I can take like one group up. Now I'm going to chill here in Canada. I'm not going to keep going back and, uh, you know, doing the work that's required. So I really appreciate her story. And, and, and uh, yeah, that, to answer your question. Yeah. Good lady. Good lady. Good woman doing great Harry. things. Yes, yes. You know, Women's History Month is a good time to be reflective and, and just show, like, you know, young women. How many women are out here paving the way, doing great things, and you know, sort of like embodying the dream of like we need we need you in the world, right? There needs to be a you as a woman uh, when you grow up, and you could be great and do something. So I I really love Women's History Month. Yay! We need more we need more ladies. So when you grow up, if you were if you have a daughter. Have them listen to this episode because we have two dope women on this episode. And we have a lot of dope women on all the episodes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, particularly <laughs> yeah. today. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. yes, particularly today, definitely. But I just want to give a shout out to all of the amazing women that has been on the Rose Hour podcast. Because, you know, yeah, we sit and put the episodes together so we hear the interviews firsthand. But sometimes when you go back and you re-listen to the interviews, you're like, yeah. These stories are amazing and these women are, are true trailblazers and you know wow <laughs> yeah no I've been thankful like we've we we're truly blessed to have encountered so many dope women doing like crazy things that have experiences I think that are so tremendous and what they faced the obstacles how they persevered what they've overcome you know like everybody's come from different backgrounds and to hear the stories are just crazy and like today's episode we're talking to may lee of um uncle nearest and uncle nearest is like the first black whiskey distiller and he was like before jack daniels and then he didn't he make the jack daniels recipe uh, essentially, yes, and she talks about that too. And essentially, she they Jack Daniels and Uncle Nearest actually work together like their companies today. 
to get the story out and all of that. But more specifically, the the leadership of Uncle Nearest is all women. That's dope. All women of color at that. So that's super cool. Rest in thought. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. And his great, 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 probably not enough, but one more great granddaughter is their master distiller. Wow. Yeah. So she's just like out there in her DNA mixing mixing up the batches of whiskey. It's super cool. Like, I love it. I like that. That's a great story. Yeah. And then um, our second guest, Camelia, uh, she is uh, the owner of Ebony uh, Wine and Spirits. And so she is out of North Carolina and has her own wine and spirit brand. And like coming out of the South as a woman having that. Like that's huge in itself too. Man, look at—I mean, again, I'm speechless. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know what to say. Well, I'm excited about all of it. Yes, but I remember when we had that Uncle Nearest. I think we had what the 1884. Yeah, the 1884. That was amazing. Yeah. Smooth. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. 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 Smooth operator. <laughs> Please, please get a bottle of that. Yes. You really need to get that. Yes, yes, yes. And Ebony Wine and Spirits, we have the rosé. Really delicious. Um, and actually, you know, it's not sold everywhere, but you could go on their website to Ebony Wine and Spirits. Um, and actually, they ship. So you could definitely go there and also make a purchase, too. Yeah. So we got to we gotta lock that website in. Yes. You got to do that. You got to do that. You got to try it, taste it, sample it sip it all of those things mm-hmm. yes so we're gonna go into our first interview with may of uncle nearest yes may, Yay! May, may. hey there friends it's renee here at the rose hour podcast and today, I'm so excited because I'm a fangirl of her. She is a woman's woman. She is so cool. Originally from New York, but on the other side of the country doing amazing things with great people in a team of amazing women, too. She's with one of the best companies that I ever heard of because it's a team of women doing good things. I mean, how many times can you say that for Women's History Month, right? Well, they are a team of women selling, promoting, and telling the story of a man who did something that people really don't know. It is about Uncle Nearest, and she's one of the brand ambassadors of his whiskey, the amazing May Lee! <laughs> Thank you so much, Renee. What a fantastic introduction. Um, I feel like we're already friends because our names rhyme. So it's like Ray, like Renee and May. So, you know, there we go. We go hand in hand together. I mean, um, yeah, we, we're like a rap. <laughs> May and Renee all the way from the Bay. <laughs> I think we might have to make that into a T-shirt right now. <laughs> I think we should. We should. I, like, we got to. We got to. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, no, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I'm, I'm so uh, thrilled to be able to join you and 
your subscribers. Um, like you said before, I, I may, I'm the brand ambassador for Uncle Nur's Premium Whiskey. I'm based in California. I work in with a fantastic team out here um, and uh, so proud to represent this incredible ultra premium uh, whiskey that is also honoring history and making history. So Uncle Nears is a super amazing company. Can you tell us more about Uncle Nears and how empowering of a company it is? Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. So Uncle Nears Premium Whiskey, uh, it is not only an incredible uh, whiskey, we are the most awarded with or bourbon of 2019 and 2020. Uh, we not only honor history, we actually make history. We are the first whiskey to honor an African-American. We honor a gentleman named Nearest Green. He was a formerly enslaved man who went on to become the first African-American master distiller on record in the United States. Uh, he is the godfather of Tennessee whiskey. Uh, it is attributed to him that he perfected a process called Lincoln County which is where you pour fresh whiskey distillate over sugar maple charcoal. And what that does is it, the charcoal has an, a, a natural uh, filtration properties to it. And it actually strips the congeners that we don't want from the whiskey. Um, and that's one of the reasons why Tennessee whiskey is known for its characteristics and uh, being so smooth. Um, and uh, Nearest actually uh, perfected that. And uh, to this day, um, Tennessee whiskey to be considered a Tennessee whiskey. Uh, one is going to be geography, which is the region where you're made in Tennessee, but also doing that specific uh, technique as well. So he is uh, truly a legend. He's also a beloved teacher. He is the uh, mentor of a young Jack Daniel and taught Jack Daniel how to distill whiskey his way, which was showing young Jack the Lincoln County process. Um, and I mean, this is just an incredible untold story that has been lost uh, over the years. And it's my privilege to bring it into the light where it belongs. So that's how we are honoring history and rewriting it by bringing his name up into the forefront. But we continue to make history because um, our incredible CEO and founder is the indomitable Fawn Weaver. She is the first Black American CEO or owner of a major spirit company. Our executive team is all female-led. Our wow. master, right? <laughs> there, there you go. Talk about, talk about you know how appropriate and wonderful it is that we are talking during Women's History Month. Um, so, Fawn Weaver, of course, is uh, you know the captain of our ship uh, at the helm, and we also have Kate Jerkins. She is our SVP of Global Sales and Marketing. Uh, Sherry Moore, who is a 35-year veteran in the whiskey business. She's our master distiller and Victoria Edie Butler is our master blender. She's actually Nearest's great, great granddaughter. And she's also making history as the first black American master blender of a major spirit company. She actually just recently was awarded um, best distiller by Icon of Whiskey. And um, I mean, the hits just keep on coming. And, you know, it really shows um, all the way down from fawn to our incredible team nationally and also uh you know to our uh brand stewards and ambassadors also in uh japan and the uk as well too so we are the fastest growing independent spirit company and um i love what uncle miris stands for because we also understand that we have the 
we're in this really interesting time where not only are we breaking, uh, you know, shattering glass ceilings and breaking doors, but it's also really important for us to hold the door, uh, doors open for those to come alongside us and also for the generations to come behind us as well. Um, so Fawn, we like to say about Fawn that she's the first, but we hope that she's the first of many. So with our friends at Jack Daniels, um, we actually created the Nearest and Jack initiative, um, where it's a $5 million initiative where it is that basically what we're doing is we're passing along the craft of distilling to other um, future Black distillers and also supporting other Black American businesses in the spirit industry. Um, and I mean, it's it, it's just incredible. I, I, I feel so blessed and lucky, um, you know, to have my paths crossed with Uncle Nearest and to have the privilege of being able to share his story and spread the word. Um, and also my love of whiskey. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, that's just crazy. Like, one, you know, I as we're celebrating, you know, the last few days of Women's History Month, to know the story of Uncle Nearest um, and also, you know, the teaching, you know, coming out of Black History Month, the teaching of Uncle Nearest to Jack Daniels, the corporation uh, or cooperation between Jack Daniels and Uncle Nearest companies, you know, that's a huge thing. But to hear... Uh, the, you know, leadership within Uncle Nearest company is all women. That is huge and and super remarkable within a male-dominated uh, industry. And to hear so many women of color, like, how amazing is that? It is. And I think it was also really important for our company to reflect what what America looks like, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, within our company, uh, we have people in different, uh, you know, in different phases of their career and also in their life. And, you know, the diversity is incredible. Um, you know, we have... We have all also also very distinct personalities and worldviews and perspectives, but I think something that really comes together is how we're so aligned in our core values, um, because we're you know we're we're still a smaller company, but um, every single person who is part of Uncle Nearest, you know, I feel like everyone was just chosen with so much care, and um, you know, if we feel so purpose and also uh, you know driven um for what we do um and it, it it really reflects because if you meet anyone you know from our team we we actually call ourselves a whiskey family so we're actually you know more than just a team um and if you see that you know it's it's you can see that when we speak of nearest and when we speak of um you know our whiskey family like our our lives our eyes just light up um and you know, that's that's also something that's really infectious and you pass it along to each person and, you know, you spark that interest and you spark that curiosity. Um, and, you know, our goal is to have everyone know Nearest's name. You know, it's uh, it was just so unfortunate that his contribution was never recognized um, because, you know, unfortunately, you know, in, in our history as a country, you know, um, at one time, if you were considered uh, property, you know, any of your contributions were never acknowledged, um, you know, and your name was never beholden to um, to your skills and, and to what you were able to um, give uh, in terms of your skills and your gifts. Yeah, and that's so amazing. Um, how now we're we're hearing about 
so many stories like Uncle Nearest, right? Um, and the contributions that he's had and the, the so many people that he's impacted because, you know, without an Uncle Nearest, there would not be a Jack Daniels, you know? And how important uh, he was to the industry. So thank you so much for all you do to ensure there's education uh, behind that. And so as a brand ambassador, what does one do, especially um, in, in this industry with uh, an amazing figurehead like Nearest? How do you educate people on him? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, just um, I, I think the, the great thing about it is that, you know, I think there's so many different entry points, right? So for some people, they're already fairly familiar with whiskey and you know there tend to be whiskey aficionados and so they're always excited to learn about you know perhaps um you know a a new brand uh you know coming through so others you know it could be where they're history buffs right and um they really love being able to unearth something um that was not very well known right and uh, you know to other people it's also this uh a sense of you know um being aligned with uh, something that they feel is uh, is purposeful and meaningful to them, you know, um, whether it's, uh, you know, being behind a diversity, um, you know, in different industries, you know, as uh, whether it's supporting women-owned industries, minority-owned uh, companies as well, too. So part of what is a joy of, of what I do is really coming in and doing education. So whether it's I'm speaking to industry professionals um, at an event or if it's I'm going into uh, bars and restaurants and hotels and being able to do uh, education for the staff or for doing public events as well and engaging, um, you know, with our with the public. Um, I think that what's great about it is being able to infuse, you know, my own passion for storytelling and also for the story of Nearest and being able to embody that and to relay that and to let people know that this is more than whiskey. This is more than a company. This is more than a brand. You know, uh, one one of the things that Bond like to um, have us keep in the forefront of our minds is that we're building something that will outlive all of us. You know, we hope this is something that will be around 100, 160, you know, 200 years later where everyone knows his name um, and that we can all raise the glass to him. Um, so I think a part of it is really having to be also so immersed in knowledge. Um, and what I mean by that is being able to know about whiskey production, being able to know about, um, you know, that part of history of um, you know, in, in the 1850s and 60s, you know, being able to know about um, how uh, the restaurants and hotel and hospitality industry is now and how it works. And, you know, uh, working with phenomenal like bar directors and mixologists and also chefs and seeing how we can incorporate that into what they're trying to do as well. Because I think that what's really great is when people use uh, there's this great alignment between your skill and your self-expression, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and you experience that, you know, when I go into, um, you know, a particular restaurant, 
And, you know, I know that, you know, there was so much thoughtfulness in how the menu was planned, the ingredients and how, you know, perhaps it was something from, you know, their grandmother's kitchen and their memories of childhood memories and how it's basically expressed on the plate. And then I love to think about like, how can we have Uncle Nearest be a part of that? You know, like, is there, is there, a, is there something that they would like to convey as well? Um, you know, that their creativity and also, um, you know, their, and their palate, um, you know, kind of run a wild with it. Or, you know, there's also some people who are, um, you know, really come to us because, you know, it's, uh, it's something that's handed down. And I love that we're also building a legacy part of our company as well, um, where, you know, people are also starting to build tradition, um, you know, it, with using our whiskey and building memories together, um, you know, and saying, you know, my father and I, you know, we love to go sit in our back porch and, you know, we sip on Uncle Nearest and, you know, we play, you know, cards or, you know, we uh, share stories, um, you know, because I think that that's the great thing about food and spirits and wine is it's 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 there to celebrate a lot of the milestones in our lives. And it's also a great way for us to gather around and to connect and to share stories and to enjoy each other's company as well, too. No, I totally agree because there's nothing that, you know, brings us together more than food and drinks, right? <laughs> That's I mean, the number one thing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you think about it, like some of the best conversations I've ever had, you know, have been, you know, I'm, I'm an avid traveler um, and I've been privileged enough to travel around the world uh, since I was really young. Uh, my first trip abroad, I was 19 years old and I backpacked around Europe by myself. And I remember just breaking bread with, you know, um, I met a girl who was a shepherdess from New Zealand. Um, uh, excuse me, we're in New Zealand. I think she was from Ireland and we wound up spending Thanksgiving together. Um, and this was like another trip or, you know, I, I, you know, having uh, conversations in, in Chile or, you know, in uh, Greece or, you know, in Patagonia. And I always remember what we were eating because I tend to seek out, I tend to seek, I always, I always want the locals to tell me like where they eat and what oh, to yes, drink. definitely, and, yes, And, and, you know, that, and that's, you know, and, uh, you know, you always want to get a sense of what that particular region is well known for. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, you know, once you have, you know, olives from, Greece uh, or from Spain or I mean you, you it's, it's just you get so spoiled you know it's like you come back <laughs> home and you're like that's not the way it was over there um, and uh, so I, I do believe that um, it is a unifier you know um, gathering together um, you know over a dram of whiskey over a glass of wine over a glass of rosé um, over you know beautifully cooked food um, and, and we see that and we experience that. And, you know, it's also a really great way of uh, being able to have people's curiosity kind of knock on the door where, you know, you're, you, you make people think that you're talking about whiskey, but actually what you're really also talking about is history, right? What you're also really talking about is, um, you know, progressive values because uh, Jack actually, after 
after the 13th Amendment was um, was was ratified um, and slavery was abolished, um, Jack actually paid Nearest and Nearest's sons the same amount as his white workers, um, making Nearest and his sons the wealthiest African-Americans in Lynchburg, Tennessee, and actually wealthier than most white. So we're talking, you know, wage equality in the 1860s here, right? And that is something that we are still talking about to this day, um, you know, in terms of, you know, unfortunately, there's still a pay gap between, um, you know, women and men in certain industries. Um, and, you know, we're th- those are things that are, you know, that apply to us now, you know, that we are still grappling with. Um, but just to know that a story of an improbable friendship between a, a formerly enslaved man and a white orphan child, because when Nearest actually met Jack, Jack was um, eight years old and he was actually... His mother died five months after he was born. He was the 10th child. And the last child, he was uh, pretty much the runt of the litter in terms of last child born and also incredibly small for his age. Um, and they changed each other's lives, you know? And, um, and you know, there has not been... And their family... You know, the family trees between the Green and and Daniel family has been so interwoven that there has not been a bottle of Jack Daniel produced that has not been touched by someone uh, from the Green family because seven generations of Nearest's Green family has worked at the Jack Daniel distillery. And we are so privileged to have Victoria Edie Butler, Nearest's great-great-granddaughter, as our master blender. And, you know, she, she, she has this natural instinct. Um, and, 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 you know, we like to say that, you know, it's, it's in her blood. She's a fifth generation distiller. Oh, yeah, it's Excuse me, in her fifth blood. generation blender. <laughs> it's in her blood. And, um, you know, we see that carrying through. And so um, if you pick up a bottle of Uncle Nerd's 1884, um, you'll see Victoria's signature embossed on the back of the bottle. So... Mm. Right. So So 1884 is our small batch release and um, Victoria curates that blend and the barrels are chosen by our our founders, uh, Fawn and Keith Weaver. And uh, we're a proud black owned company. Um, And, you know, we keep just I mean, it's like the Uncle Nearest has been like a rocket ship in in the spirit industry. I don't think anyone has seen anything like this before. (laughs) Um, So, and you actually got the chance to try um, 1884. um, And I was just wondering, uh, you know, what you thought of it. So for me, it's just a really lovely, light, easy sipping, approachable um, whiskey. It's a seven, it's a minimum of seven year old age whiskey. Um, and I'd love to know what you think. And, you know, we could talk a little bit about that and also Uncle Nerd 1856. Yeah. So I loved it. And I, you know, I, I hate to say it out loud. I am not like one of those people that have like, it has a refined blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm not a sommelier by far. I'm not a W set. Listen, it was delicious. It was smooth. <laughs> I actually did it straight. 
<laughs> but, but but that's the way we should do a whiskey, go um, whiskey tasting, right? It's yeah. just to enjoy it in its purest form at first. Um, so I'm so curious, you know, the next time that you do taste Uncle Mary's 1884, and of course I don't want to do like suggestive tasting, but oh no, I'm that, here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so so for me, for you know, for me personally, I get a lot of brown sugar notes um, in there. Of course, vanilla. I also get gold raisins, uh, the Mike figs, um, and it's really fantastic neat, um, the way that you were able to uh, enjoy it and also in a cocktail as well. Um, and by the way, 1884 is the last year that we believe that Nearest was putting his whiskey in barrels. So all of our expressions, right? See, drop, dropping the trivia knowledge, right? I love that. I love that. <laughs> So 1884 is uh, the last year that we believe he was putting whiskey in the barrels, so when he retired. So all of our expressions are actually named after historically significant years uh, years and years of life. And 1856 um, is our premium aged uh, expression. This is the mark that we launched with in 2017. Um, and this is more of a spicy, robust, uh, really rich whiskey. It's a hundred proof. It's a blend of eight to 14 years. Um, and 1856 is the first year that we have nearest on record as a master distiller. So that's the historically significant year for that one. Wow. That's amazing. And where can people pick this up at? Sure. Um, so you can go to UncleNearth.com and put in your zip code. And on our website, you'll be able to see uh, what uh, restaurants, hotels, bars, um, you know, uh, liquor stores, um, purveyors carry us. Um, I just also wanted to add that 1856 is incredibly, shockingly smooth for 100 proof. Um, it. We believe it is the smoothest hundred proof on the market. Um, and it is that maple sugar finish is just so long and luxurious and rich. And I like to talk about the bourbon bloom. So you get like that warmth in your chest without any abrasiveness or harshness um, sipping down the whiskey. And that's extraordinary considering that is a hundred proof whiskey. Um, and, you know, that's part of the Lincoln County process of, of Nearest's technique is one of the reasons why um, we have a spirit that's such a high ABV that is so smooth. Um, we also do other filtration processes, um, you know, diatomaceous earth, which for wine lovers they'll be really familiar with, and also uh, live carbon filtration with coconut. Um, coconut shells. So there's a lot of science that goes into it. And Sherry Moore, who I, I said is our incredible master um, uh, head of whiskey operations, she is she's the person who is um, just amazing. I mean, amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, the knowledge that she has is extraordinary. Um, but yes, and so that is Uncle Mary's premium whiskey. Wow. Well, I, I'm just so thankful, May, for you joining us today. This is like a lot of information and a lot of great things. And Uncle Nearest is so delicious. So you guys go to Uncle Nearest's uh, website and check it out. Uh, May, before we conclude, I ask everybody this question. So, of course, I, I have a feeling knowing who you are, there's going to be a good spin to this. 
What's your favorite rosé? <laughs> so my favorite rosé is a Perrier Jouet, a Belle Epoque. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the way you pronounce it, I feel like I'm in France. Go for it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I could be in France every single year, I absolutely would. It, it's it's. I never, I, it never gets old for me. Um, I love, I have such a sweet spot in my heart for Paris, of course. And speaking of which, I remember when I said I took my first trip um, abroad when I was about 18, 19 years old. So one of the countries I visited um, on my first trip abroad was actually France. And I spent uh, a bit of time in Paris. So for sure, um, the Perrier, um, Perrier Jouet uh, Belle Epoque, because uh, those beautiful strawberry uh, notes in it. Um, it's uh, just a gorgeous, gorgeous rosé. And of course, it also doesn't hurt that it has, um, you know, I believe Chardonnay grapes in it as well too, and that they hand paint their bottles and also their champagne glasses. So that has been my favorite rosé for a very long time. Ugh, May, I, 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 I wouldn't expect anything less from you. You guys, this has been the best interview ever because it's been with one of the most amazing people ever on this planet, the amazing May Lee of Uncle Nearest. Get you some Uncle Nearest because it's some of the most amazing whiskey ever. Thank you so much, May, for joining us tonight. We appreciate you. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much, Renee. I feel like we're going to have to come up with that rap song next time. So you oh, and I are going to yeah. have to brainstorm. There we go. <laughs> and, and I'm coming out to Cali so we can do a live. And you got to come out to D.C. for a live as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, everyone, stay tuned. It's coming. It's, it's coming, coming straight guys. at you. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks so much, May, for such a great interview and for talking about Uncle Nears and his story. Such an amazing story. And to learn about him and Jack Daniels. I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about him. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to talk to Camelia of Ebony Wine and Spirits. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose AR Podcast. And today, y'all, I don't know if you are a social media stalker like I am, but when I saw this come across my feed, I was like, I must know these people. I must. She is the owner, founder, and creator of an amazing wine where I felt like when I took my first sip, I was teleported to Michael Jackson and Eddie Murphy's video of Remember the Time and yes. doing Egyptian dancing along with them at a festive party. It's the most amazing Ebony Wine and Spirits. Come Yes. <laughs> girl, I was like, do you remember, girl? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Girl, you're you. everything about you. Like, I could barely get words out because, like, one, I'm fangirling. Two, I'm, like, reminiscent about that first sip. And three, I'm just like, fangirling again because I remember the first sip of what you do. 
Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that moment that you had is the moment that I honestly want everybody who um, takes a sip of their first sip of ebony wine to experience. Um, again, this is this is the culture celebration of who we are around the globe. It is a party within a bottle. It is our um, it is us extending our love. It is the love all across the globe um, as part of the of the diaspora. Um, Ebony Wine and Spirits is that big hug. Um, it's your cousin. It's your auntie. It's your grandma. It's the wine that you bring to from the baby shower to the banquet. So, yeah, we are so excited to be a part of your show today. Well, thank you. And like, I got to ask this question, like. How did you get into the wine industry? Like, what is your story? How did we How did we get to this amazing <laughs> moment of drinking festivities in a bottle? <laughs> well, well, one, I'm a, I would say big up to my HBCU. I'm an HBCU grad, John C. Smith University. Um, so we have the back history of, you know, just culture in general. My whole life, uh, my family is Congolese. So from Zaire, Kinshasa. And um, as far as wine goes, I really started falling in love with wine um, early on, just attending um, paint and sips or um, wine tastings with my friends and family, and then realizing that um, I wasn't seeing myself in the wine. I didn't see, um, it was a lack for me, it was a lack of the culture, it was a lack of the celebration of culture within the wine. and. I really um, started to do more and more research. And the more I, the, even the more I looked, I didn't see uh, vineyards that represent uh, represented us or distribution that represented us. And I wondered like, hey, you know, this is a big gap that people are not talking about enough and they're not talking loud enough about it. But I knew it wouldn't be enough for me to just tell this story if I wanted to create change. And um, the more I learned about wine, the grapes, the juice, the process, of wine, it was the more that I said, you know what, I have to see myself in the wine because the next generation really needs to see themselves and they need to know it's an opportunity for them to be a part of this and not just bystanders and not just people who invest in um, the wine experience, but actually experience. Yeah, no. And like one thing about your wine is the name Ebony. And I would love to know more about like how you decided on that. And and, and more Ooh. specifically, like you really made it for the culture. Like this is the culture's wine <laughs> for real. <laughs> it really, really, it really, really is. If we just talk about, um, if we can just talk about what, um, what, the, what the name Ebony meant to me. So of course, anybody can name anything, any wine, anything. And I know when I just used to see wine, I would just read titles, I would read labels. And I was wondering like, okay, what's the connection? You know, what's the connection? Some people were naming it their last names. Some people were naming it, uh, you know, flower child or different things like that. And I knew for me, I'm like, if I'm with everything that I do, I was always taught by my mother to do things with purpose. Um, and if I couldn't see my purpose in it, I could not do it. Mm -hmm. And when I started to look up names, I needed something that would be captivating to, um, to 
our people into itself that would be a celebration for all people to understand what this is and so for me what i say um ebony means it's the essence of darkness and rich smooth and plentiful plentiful with the taste of melanin captured in wine submerged in a bottle of pure elegance and to me that is what ebony meant so when you saw it you look up the word ebony you're going to start seeing these words you're going to start seeing melanated pictures you're going to start seeing things that are very distinctive about um of the culture and the celebration of the color and this magnificence of darkness and sometimes we've been told that darkness can be negative and we needed something i wanted to change the narrative within that and say hey darkness is meant to be beautiful it is meant to be celebrated and so hence the word ebony and so I wanted something that when you say it, when everybody says it, not only did it, does it reference them, does it make them realize what it is, but then it makes them feel like I'm a part of this or this is something that is worth celebrating. So that's what Ebony meant to me. And that is why I knew it had to be the name on the bottle. Listen, I, I'm sold on all of that and how... <laughs> Like, it, it's so true because, like, it, it is considered a negative term, but it's so beautiful. And black is so beautiful. I mean, what do people typically wear when they don't know what to wear? A beautiful black dress, right? Where do people where do people want to go to black countries, right? What is exactly. considered exotic black? So, like, it is just so amazing to, to see a wine that embraces, you know, black and black culture and, and black symbiotically as a positive thing because it quite frankly is you know so like it is and it's been given but it's it's also been given that negative it has been given that negative uh narrative or term however like you were saying like we're saying about black what what about a black tie affair yeah you know already know that that that's upscale that's upper echelon that it's going to be it's going to be very elegant it's going to be very nice so i knew from that like if people really understand the essence of black the color black every color comes from that so if you understand that then you're going to understand why this is meant to be something that is celebrated and um you know all over you know all over the world when when we we look at different places like um honduras mexico belize if you understand um about if you understand about melanin if you understand about these people you can go there and the only difference you're going to see oftentimes is going to be the language barrier that, that yep. we speak different languages. Other than that, we have a celebration of f- different foods that, that are different yet similar. Um, you're going to have, you're going to have dances that connect all over the world that are very similar again, that are very worth celebrating. And when you bring those things together to unite, to say, Hey, I'm your brother. I'm your sister. You're my family. I don't care where you are in the world. Hey, we're going to celebrate this. We mm-hmm. celebrate Ebony. We celebrate the unity in the culture. I'm here for that. And and to that point, right? Like my family is Afro-Latinx, right? And like, you know, yes. my parents are from the Caribbean. My mom is from the DR. And so like, you know, it, she's the black Dominican, you know, not the, yeah. the brown or mm-hmm. light skin or white uh-huh. facing. And so like the difference mm-hmm. to your point, when she walks into a store, people don't think of her as a Spanish speaking woman. They think of her as a black lady. <laughs> and it's uh-huh. like the only difference that separates us within our culture is the, is the language, right? And, and yeah, and some water. What body of water right. are you closest to? You know, so exactly. It, it's amazing that you make that connection because I think 
you know, there's so much within Black culture that is extended into Caribbean, to Australian even culture. Yes. I mean, we are everywhere and it's so beautiful. And you I created a wine about it. Yes. That, and that's our story. And that's the, that's the story. You know, the, honestly, that's the story within the wine. I remember um, being in, to, to be exact, we were in Honduras and I remember traveling and everyone, like you said, your your mother, speaking to your mother in English, but everyone over there was speaking to me in Spanish and they, they assumed that mm-hmm. I spoke fluent Spanish at the time. And I was just like, oh my, you know, but I, I started to look around and I understood why, because there was no, you could not, if you put me in the crowd or put me in a lineup, it was no, you could not tell yep. that I was, you know, from anywhere else. So yep. that's what I, you know, and with Ebony, Honestly, from the taste of the wine, I knew with the with our notes and our um, our experience, I wanted people to understand that this was something that from our plentiful taste that we were able to say, huh, this is how we celebrate together. I'm so that's, that, that's my favorite part about yes, it. I love it. I love it. And do you mind describing sort of like the the brand to people? Like, what is Ebony Wine? What is it made of? What is the alcohol content? How did you get to your secret potion of, of this deliciousness? Okay, well, I'll share, I'll share some of that with you guys. Not all so the we, secrets. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we have, so we, sh- we have a Riesling, we have the Moscato, and then we have the Red Blend, and then we have a Brut, a Brut Rosé. And so with our, um, with our Red Blend, which is very, very popular if you are a um, red drinker, um, it, it's very delicious. It's a hint of like a, a strawberry jam, a ripe blueberry, cherry cola, has a nice kick of um, spice, black pepper. It's smooth and it's rich. Um, it's very round on the palate. It's very um, a fruit luscious um, flavor. And it's very, but it's a very silk and smooth taste that goes down. So I think um, if you are a red lover, you're going to absolutely fall in love with our uh, red. You're going to absolutely fall in love with our red blend. Now, if you are a Moscato lover, we have something absolutely amazing for you. Um, it's um, it tastes it tastes very similar to a honey apricot. Fresh, um, Indian peaches, jasmine, honeysuckle, um, rose petals. Um, with it's like a leap in the glass. It's very, very sweet, very springy. Um, it's gonna be your. Um, it's definitely a smooth, uh, sweet date wine. Ooh. That's what I would compare it to. I like that. <laughs> and then our our riesling is out of this absolutely out of this world. It's like a white peach, crisp apple, honeysuckle blossom, uh, a very juicy stone fruit, tropical pineapple, mild, uh, a hint with a hint of uh, off dryness. Um, it's very nat- it's, it has a very natural sweetness to it, but it's very pleasant um, and it's offset by um, the acidity. So you're definitely going to fall in love with that. I'm already in love. I'm already in love. I love. I love. I stand. I stand. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And then like all of those just, just make such a great line and just really are symbiotic to like Black culture, like, I mean, stone fruit yes. is so delicious. I mean, you can really taste those notes that you talk about in, in your in your wines. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, that, I wanted to make it, I think wine can be 
intimidating to a person who's really just trying to get into why. Whereas if you're like um, swishing around the glass and you're trying to um, see the notes of wine as they run down or, you know, if you're trying to be very, very philosophical about wine, like we get it within the wine culture. However, um, if you're just coming into wine, I want Ebony Wine to be that big hug around you that makes you feel very comfortable um, in sharing your wine experience. Whether if you're just something, if, whether if you're saying something like, oh, I really like that sweet wine. Or no, you know, I know I don't really like wine that that's, you know, too sweet. I prefer more of a dry wine. If that's all you know, then guess what? That is fine for you to know. And we have something that is perfect for you. And you don't have to be the person that is intensely in wine. And wine doesn't have to have to be intimidating to you. Wine with ebony is pure love. Yeah. And I love it. I love that it is about love. Like it is truly, truly, truly about love. And you can feel it. Like you can tell that you put real care, concern and love into each bottle. So thank you for what you do. Um, thank you. Thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity to share this experience. Of course. And like, thank you for being here. Like, this is a huge thing. Like, we love you. We love what you do. And like, I, I, we talked before, before we start recording. And I was just like, whoever your social content person is, like, <laughs> they are giving everything. Who does your social? You know, I already know now since we talked, but like, let's put it on the record. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, uh, my my daughter uh, is definitely enlisted as uh, one of our creative directors. Between me, her, my sister, my sister in law is definitely Yolanda. Is definitely a fa- it's a family affair. We all um, collaborate with our content. Um, well, especially because I feel like Lanaya, my daughter, has a she has an eye for things that you know that I might not possibly catch and then my sister-in-law um sh- again she's she's bringing in the luxury mm. um you know I'm bringing in the soulful vibe when I is bringing in more of a retro bringing in more of a retro vibe so you know it's a great mixture and it keeps um it keeps us uh, very modern it keeps us very um well you know coming into this uh wine atmosphere and creating a space that will be our own I'm here for all of it. And I mean, how can people find you, purchase wine, find you on social, all of the things? Okay, well, um, just something that I'm so excited about. We have something new happening um, right now with Ebony Wine as far as our um, our selection goes. We have something new coming out, something very um, exciting um, as far as our spring wine selection. So please stay tuned for that. You can follow us on um, Instagram at Ebony Wine and Spirits. On, on Facebook, we also have, um, it's going to be Ebony Wine and Spirits. Um, but we also have a fan group. So we have a lot of people in there who just post their different pictures, videos, and um, different things with uh, their Ebony Wine moment. So you can tap into that. And it's just um, Wine with Ebony in our Facebook group. And then Ebony Wine and Spirits on our Facebook, on our Twitter. It's just um, Ebony Spirits. So you can definitely follow us on there. And then um, as far as ordering wine, we uh, we are in quite a few stores, but however, uh, most of them are in the North and South Carolina area in Georgia. So we want you to tap in and follow us, our online sales. You can um, tap into our Instagram and you can go directly to ebonywineandspirits.com. 
And uh, we would love to hear from you. We are very into connecting with our uh, supporters via DM, via email, whatever, whatever the way it is for us to connect with you and share your experiences. That's what we want to do. We are so excited to be um, at the level where we get to be very personal and we want to stay that way because I think um, what separates us is the avenue of us being one-on-one and being able to talk to, mm-hmm. being able to uplift and love on the people who support us. Yeah, and I mean, you guys do an amazing job of that. Um, <laughs> and, and sorry, our ring goes off. Like, it happens. We live in D.C. <laughs> no, that's, that's absolutely fine. No worries. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Um, but wanted to ask you this final question before we depart today which i think everybody knows it's the reason why we're here (laughs) to hear what you think you like as the best rosé like what is your favorite rosé currently okay so my favorite rosé currently is easily gonna be the ebony wine (laughs) (laughs) yes we have a beautiful sparkling brute rosé it is the ultimate celebration rosé um it's it's a kick it's a, a fun cola type experience within our wine um, I could describe it, but I would rather you find it. Yes, so, yes, <laughs> yes. So you can know, and if you go on our social media, you'll definitely see people enjoying the Ebony Wine Brut Rosé because we listen. It's it's not enough for us to talk about it. We're going to have to experience the Ebony Wine Brut Rosé, honey. It is not. <laughs> it's not just a beverage. It's an experience. <laughs> <laughs> it is not just a beverage. It's the luxury experience yes. of the Ebony Rosé. I am here for <laughs> the luxury experience. Camille, this has been more than fun. And we got to have you back on sometime soon. Yes, yes. I would love to. I love the I love Rosé Hour. I love you oh, guys. We Thank love you. you. I love your show. I love what you do. I love what you're doing and spreading the wine and culture in, in wine. And this opportunity was amazing. Keep doing what you guys are doing. We would love to be back and we'd love to stay connected. Thank you guys. And thank, thank you, our supporters, for supporting Ebony Wine and Spirits. Yes, support, support, support. So go to Ebony Wine and Spirits. Get you a case. Don't get a bottle. We still quarantined. So <laughs> drink at home and drink a lot because... I don't know how long it's going to last this quarantine. We're already in a year. So. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, Camille, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate this time you spent with us. Thank you for having us again. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks so much, Ebony, for a great interview. We really appreciate your time want to also thank May for joining us today. This is such a great episode and a great way to wrap up Women's History Month. We had two dynamic women doing two dynamic things in the wine industry and uh, the spirits industry. And we're so excited to have you both on today. want to thank uh, bartender Ben, who also has a show on Mondays, uh, Meet Chronicles. want to thank Magdalene, Angeline, uh, even, you know, Zeus, the 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 ma- mascot of uh, Fairhill Studios, he is a tremendous help. Uh, he is security and provides so much uh, guidance <laughs> to, the, to the podcast and making sure that he sniffs all bottles to ensure that there are uh, protocols and safety for, for us before sampling. So thank you, Zeus. 
into uh, all of you, all of our amazing listeners, friends, uh, want to thank you. We are officially a year old and we are so excited to be podcasting and tasting with you. So appreciate you all. Don't forget to check us out on our website, therosiehourpodcast.com. Go to iTunes and don't forget to download the Rosie Hour uh, podcast theme song. Uh, it is free. So free 99. There you go. Download the song today. Just hit that checkbox and get the song today. Use it at your next barbecue. When when it comes on, just have your little glass of rosé and just, you know, dance along with it. Until next week, friends. Sip, sip, parade. Cheers. Toast to you all. And see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>